Thanks for listening to the Benefits Breakdown. Stay tuned until the end of the episode to receive a code for Sherm Credit. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Benefits Breakdown. My name is Adam Compton. Just excited to be with you today and here with our Brown and Brown teammate. Hey everybody, Jared Bokett is here. We are super excited to talk to you about the Super Bowl of the Benefits world, otherwise known as Open Enrollment. <laughs> the super, do we do a theme song with that one? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> this is the time of year, all of the hard work, everything comes together and you highlight your benefits. And hopefully, hopefully, I say hopefully, you're getting as many of your employees and teammates and associates, whatever the term is you use, are paying attention to those benefits. And it becomes some of our people, our teammates call it the Super Bowl of, of, of the benefits world. I found it interesting in some of our little prep work that, again, we think of when open enrollment for many is later in the year around Thanksgiving. There was this fun stat that was uh, put out there that said half of the respondents would rather let their spouse have total control of the remote on Thanksgiving than spend time reviewing health insurance and benefit options, which I think is pretty telling to sometimes how much people not, do not enjoy this, but it's so important. And so I think we want to expand on a couple of different angles there. One is this annual open enrollment period, whatever yours might be, talk about some of the stats, and then hopefully build on some of those things that actually go beyond that, this idea of enrollment that says, uh, hey, that's every time I have a new hire, or we have a change in uh, eligibility, or a special enrollment. There's a lot of different things that come up with that. I think, Jared, you and I see uh, plenty of things that might surprise us over the course of the year. So maybe let's kind of step back and talk a bit about this and uh, and some advice that we're seeing out there so our friends can uh, really thrive when it's time to enroll. For sure. I think employers, particularly those who specialize in the benefit space, our HR friends and associates out there, have that challenge to make this come off as a success and to put together these benefit packages and spend a lot of time and energy and effort to create a well-rounded benefits offering to their employees. And to your point, I, I mean, we laugh about it, but people don't necessarily love to focus on this. And we understand that and you understand that. I think one of our goals today is to or help our listeners out there discover some things that we've seen that have helped other employers make this more successful, some things to consider, and maybe some things not to do. Because <laughs> we've seen it all, Adam, I think between the two of us, we've seen a lot of different approaches and a lot of different things that employers have tried and things that have come off really well and things that have come off maybe not as well. So that, that's our goal today. I think one of the things that we challenged the audience is that uh, we read a term, it was go off autopilot. And I think that's actually a good way to kick off open enrollment because when you start planning and strategizing it, well, maybe I did that last year and I've done that every year and I always have a benefit guide and I've always reached people with postcards. And some of that's true. But then we got to step back and say, well, is it reaching people? Are we able to track it uh, and really build out things that are desirable? They have a little bit of a fun factor to them. They draw people in. And then kind of stepping into who we're targeting, like this isn't just a teammate or a new employee. This is our spouse. This is our dependent. This is potentially someone that's taking care of a parent or a loved one that might need, need Medicare advocacy or advocacy in general, caregiving, uh, all these different pieces that will hit different people. And in this full wave to make it all streamlined, um, to add that personal touch is so important. And I think that's we're, we're seeing a lot of different things that we could do in this space. And Jared, I'm just kind of throw it to you. Like, what are some things that 
caught your eye this past year or as we planned for 2024 that drew people in that was just kind of different and fun? Well, I just want to start by building off that the comment you made of going off autopilot. I think one of the kisses of death of anything you do in life is to say, we've always done it this way, so we're going to continue to do it this way. If that is your attitude and mentality, I feel like you're, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just because you've always done it that way doesn't mean it's the best way or the right way. Or if you're going into open enrollment and saying, we've always done it this way, so we're going to always do it this way. You can always improve. Are certain aspects that you've always done going to continue to work? For sure. But could you evaluate ways that you've communicated to your people historically and alter some of those things? Is it the best to do a standard in-person open enrollment meeting? That may be. That It may not be. Is it going to reach your people to sign up and do a PowerPoint? Or is it easier and is there a more efficient way to do telephonic one-on-one or virtual sessions where they can get one-on-one enrollment that way? Or is it more beneficial to do, let them see a recorded webinar where they can take it home and view with their spouses, but make it be 15 minutes because you're just hitting some highlights and you're not going into all the detail. Or I've seen some cool ones where you have a recorded webinar, but you actually can click on things that you're interested in and it'll expand. So if you only want to watch the short and abbreviated version that's 10 minutes, great, that's good for you. But if you want to click on and watch, hey, I want to learn more about hospital indemnity, you can click on that portion of the open enrollment video and it'll expand upon those benefits. So I think altering the way that you've com- you're communicating to your people is huge. And there are so many resources out, out there to help communicate more efficiently to your employees and the way that they are receiving these benefit messages. Let them click on things that are interesting to them and learn about that. Help them come home with a spouse and let them talk about it with their significant other and, and learn about the benefits together. Well, we'll throw a little timestamp on here. Uh, our our Fellow friend Matthew McConaughey, he's not really a friend, I guess people just know the name. Uh, I saw in the news this morning that his son's big 15th birthday gift was being on social media. And why I share that is that they talked about the engagement factor. And I relate that to that's how not just the youth of America, but I think also the majority of people learn in 30 second to one minute windows and to have these long stretched out things, they don't work anymore. And is that right or wrong? I, I don't know. I, I, I just, I kind of feel that what we're seeing is that the traditional uh, full presentation, get everything out there, um, although valuable, I think to some, to the majority, it doesn't hit them where they're gonna be. So I think what we're seeing is this kind of branded benefit experience that really is targeted personal and then reaches people where they wanna go. If they wanna click deeper, Jared, to your point, like I, I should be able to click where I want to go when I need to based off where I am in the cycle of, uh, of a teammate at an organization. So I think that is going back to uh, to the, our, our partners on the call, like really step back and just stop. Like just think about did it work and how are we going to be, begin for this upcoming year uh, and then really focus on what we're going to do. So I also want to highlight one piece that we talked about last year. You know, Jared, we talked about six ways to improve open enrollment. Maybe we just touch on that quickly and then kind of dive into some of the, the other compliance things we might want to think about as well for this upcoming year. For sure, Adam. Do you want to, do you want to start us off with that list of the six ways? Yeah. I think highlight mental, behavioral, physical health resources was number one on that last year. I don't, I don't think that's any different this year. I think that's a natural thing that we need to keep focusing on, you know, provo- pro- focusing on telehealth, uh, showing people how to get access, downloading the apps. I find tremendous success in actually having people do some sort of uh, raffle or campaign. So people are invested in that. They could win something by downloading an app. There's a bunch of different ways to secure that because once they have it downloaded, it really is 
so much easier to take advantage of those things. What about number two, Jared, with technology? If we are not using technology in the right way to meet your people where they are, we're all missing the boat. I think there are so many, again, so many different options out there. Regardless if you're a smaller employer with just maybe 50 employees or up to the largest, there are tools and resources out there that can help you meet your needs of your people. But using technology to me is a must. People are wanting to get access to these things when and where they want. Like you talked about, it's not just the youth of America anymore. It's it's all of us. We're used to having mobile versions of of anything that we use. So whether you want to do it via mobile, whether you want to do it via desktop or a tablet, or I'm going to go old school, even some print, we, we know that there are still some of those. Yeah, let's let's help your people get access to the benefits in the way that meets their needs. Um, if you're not using a mobile benefits app of some form or fashion, you're probably not communicating with about half your workforce the way that they want to be communicated with. If they don't have access to click on and learn about each of the components of their benefits on their phone, you're, you're not going to reach them. I mean, that was even a subset of one of the other ideas, which was distribute information through multiple channels. But you're hitting that right on the head, which is focus on those key things, uh, incentivize your leaders and your management to help reach their 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 teammates that that they work with because they've got that direct ear and those digitized uh, targeted short communications really help engage folks in just an incredible way. And I think so many times we're spending a lot of time, which I think rightfully so, on the big dollars, uh, medical being number one. I, I just find that we're missing the opportunity to maybe leverage an EAP and we're seeing utilization when done right, just blow through the roof because people are getting the most out of that. So I really feel that's going to help uh, build in to that as well as I think just tying in the human element, which is just so absolutely important. One other thing that I failed to highlight during that rant that I went on is <laughs> by doing that and helping communicate in the right way, you're alleviating a lot of that stress and strain from you as the HR person who's in charge of open enrollment or the HR team who's in charge of open enrollment. By helping communicate the way that your people want to be communicated to, they're not going to come to you with questions because now they're going to be like, okay, you know what? My team gave me the resources I need in a format that I appreciate and that I like. And they're not going to come and knock on your door and say, hey, can you help explain this? Because you met them where they were using that buzz phrase in the industry and you communicate in the format that they like to. One of the things that I love that we do here at Brown & Brown, I think we do it really well, is use data to understand the demographics of a population with a generational assessment. And by doing that generational assessment, we can look at it and say, okay, how does each generation want to be communicated to? And once you've done that and you have, the, you have an understanding of your population, I think oftentimes HR teams think they understand their population until they really dissect it and, and break it down with a generational assessment like that. So if you're not breaking your demographics down by a generation, when I say generation, I mean your baby boomers, your Gen X, your millennials your Gen Zs, um, and so on. So helping understand each of those generations and the way that they want to be communicated with. And to your point, Adam, highlighting each of those benefits, going back to that, one of the things that I love is to be able to communicate the mental health resources. Help communicate those in the way that they want to be communicated with. Help understand the behavioral and physical health resources that are available. Put those in the format so that it's being communicated and using technology to help do that. Well, I think you have an opportunity to, to and number six on the list was uh, share and build off your culture. Like mental health is huge for Brown and Brown. For friends of the podcast, you know we talk about it. We believe it. We share internally. Like this is not a uh, a showy thing. This is what we believe in, and it might be for you. But don't forget the opportunity at Open Enrollment 
And then also just in general at any enrollment to use that opportunity to share the culture that we're building it off of. I mean, most people from our mid to large employers are spending millions to tens of millions of dollars on, on this expense. Use that as an investment to share that message. Also use that as an opportunity to maybe go back and ask a post-survey uh, Q&A to folks and have a focus group. Did we do a good job? Did we did we uh, share that opportunity? Did you maybe have the opportunity to have a total rewards and comp statement that filters out and overly highlights this huge expense? But that expense is an investment in many situations because we're investing in our number one asset, which in Brown and Brown is our, our teammates as well as I'm sure for the friends of the podcast. And this isn't right for every company, but yeah. again, we're just sharing ideas of things that we have seen work with other employers that we work with. And one idea about building, I'm going to build on that, build a culture, is I love when I see clients, customers that we work with, executive leadership speak at open enrollment in some form or fashion, whether it's a recorded video, whether it's a written message, something. But what a great way to build that culture is it's got to come from the top down mm-hmm. and helping to, it's an amazing opportunity where you're having more of a captive audience that we joked around about people not wanting to pay attention to this. But again, people do pay attention in open enrollment because they want to know what's changing, what's not changing. And if there's some type of message from the CEO about the benefits and why we're offering some of these benefits and how we're doing these certain things because we care about you as people, what a great way to build that culture. Yeah, it shouldn't be lost upon. And you have that huge audience, you're spending that time planned out. So I love it. So maybe you can broaden this, Jared, to uh, we have open enrollment, which does take up a lot of time, and we need to focus on that. Uh, but another one that comes up, and we've touched on this just kind of in theory, but let's dive into the compliance nature and regulatory legislative part of just HIPAA special enrollments, because there's just things that are going to come up probably more than ever on the legal side that are going to challenge our HR partners to then make a decision whether they should be able to change or not change. And there's going to be a couple that are just so common. I have a new baby. Uh, Maybe there's a divorce or a marriage. There's just some things that we see, but I could also argue that we've seen different TPAs, for example, handle new babies in very different ways and then how they're covered either uh, by timing or whose plan. It's not all black and white as maybe it was, was years ago. So Jared, maybe I'll toss it to you. Just what are some of the things that you're seeing in that special enrollment world? And, And then how do we leverage Again, people with a lot of expertise and then maybe some that are coming into the business, how do we build that knowledge? We have to go to compliance. And the funny thing about compliance, we often joke about, oh, we're getting into the attorney speak. My time in the benefits world, I'm learning that a lot of HR people love to geek out when it comes to compliance. Oh, yeah. So hopefully they appreciate this, this conversation we're having here and know that to your point, whether you're a brand new person or you've been in the industry for forever, you can always brush up on compliance. You can always be up to speed on on what is allowed and what is not allowed because we've all seen it where an employer misses something on a special enrollment and then they're caught and they have to figure out a solution based on not paying attention or not auditing this process on a regular basis. So again, these are things that you want to make sure all your I's are dotted, all your T's are crossed. Like you said, there are some things that you need to review. I would encourage all of our audience to review these things on an annual basis, right? If you're consultant brokers not supplying this to you, ask them for it. Hey, what changes have come when it comes to HIPAA special enrollments? And what do I need to be aware of? And making sure that you're staying abreast of these things that are constantly, I don't want to say constantly changing, but just to make sure that you know what is allowed. And then to your point, take those things. And and we have a 
a document that we'd love to share with our audience and we'll get in your hands in, in some way. Our team is really good about helping do that. That's not my specialty, but helping to get this document into your hands so that you can review it and take that time to review that document and communicate with your carrier or your TPA and making sure that what you believe is allowed is what they believe is allowed and that everything matches so that you're, you're up to par on, on all the current laws and regulations when it comes to special enrollments. And I think it's, I mean, the why to that too, Jared, is it's twofold. One, because it's the right thing we want to do. We want to take care of our teammates and their families that join our organization. The other why, and just to kind of put a little reality to what we see on some of the higher level stuff is that when not managed right, there are plenty of people in the insurance world. Shockingly, they might not have your interest in heart when they come to adjudicating or, or I'm sorry, auditing a claim. Uh, they're going to find ways to get around things. If there's a $2 million high-cost claimant that hits your plan, you bet you the people that are going to be auditing that to make sure that it's paid appropriately are going to make sure the person that is the claimant was on there the right way. And I'll tell you, we've seen situations, and these are what I've called horror stories, when they are not managed the right way, their coverage could be lapsed. So we have cleaned up, dealt with, and supported our clients so many times when situations are, are missed. And, and so that's where errors happen. The challenge we have to those managing that on a day-to-day -day basis, like just maybe pause a minute, think about it, use these quick documents like Jared mentioned, the SIPA special enrollment document, which is really great. That just says, hey, here's the event, here's the eligibility, here's our notification to the plan administrator within a certain window, and, and then what's the enrollment date, and then also pre-tax premium effective dates that might come in, just if that is part of that. So uh, it really helps trust that you have the right systems in place, but then also verify and validate that, uh, that they're managed the right way. You're exactly right, Adam. And I think that's just something, again, paying attention to these little details that can help alleviate burdens long-term and doing so on a regular basis, putting practices and processes in place to review something like this on an annual basis, making sure that your system of record, your TPA, and your internal processes all match and that you are following those practices and that you have something to, re to revert back to as an internal document or best practice that says, hey, this is what we're doing and this is what we've done and we're making sure that we're auditing this on a regular basis so that all your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed so that, to your point, if that situation comes up and you have a several hundred thousand dollar to million dollar claim pop up, you can say, hey, yeah, we've done everything right and it's tight and we're going to make sure that stop loss is going to cover this claim because we're following the right processes. Absolutely. So I think when we kind of shift a bit, I mean, we've talked a little bit about the industry itself. We've looked at some pieces, again, from our event from last year, but I think it's really good to keep building on that one because I do feel those ways to always improve it uh, along with just some of the compliance considerations. Kind of jumping into some of the other pieces that, again, we focus on, which I, I think majority, you know, just to geek out a little bit on the data of of timing. I think most that we're seeing are in a two-week window for open enrollment. I think this, the stats that we came off were showing that over half have a two-week window. Uh, we're also seeing more actually reach into three and four-week. Um, and I go back and forth on that probably more based off the culture and the discussions leading into that of what the right window is for you. I don't know, Jared, you're seeing what you prefer or maybe less time forces action versus more time creates more confusion. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think to your point, I think is again, has to meet your organizational needs. My own personal thought processes is two weeks is ideal because the longer you give me, the longer I'm going to procrastinate it. <laughs> That's my own personal. We're all different. But 
I think if you give someone two weeks and you communicate again, if you're communicating, going back to what we talked about a few minutes ago, if you're communicating with your people the way that they want to be communicated to, two weeks should be ample time. But I know there are certain situations and organizations where, hey, based on our structure and based on what we know works for our people, we need three weeks. Again, my own personal opinion, four weeks is just too long. Yeah, That's a long time to be putting on the Super Bowl and <laughs> to be having these communications go out and, and to be doing that process for that long. It, it, that, that's just too extended. I've even, on the flip side of that, one week is almost too short because I've seen some employers only do seven days or five days I've seen in the past as well. Right or wrong, that, that works for them. But I think getting off of autopilot, having the conversation about this is what fits our people best, what's going to give them the most time to make the right decisions, to communicate with their significant others, making sure that they are receiving the information they need to make an educated decision. You know your people. One week might be too little. Three weeks might, four weeks might be too much. Find the right time for you, but get off of autopilot in this space too. I love that. The autopilot term is just one that hopefully sticks with me and I think is, is, can stick with our team and, and, and our audience as well because guilty is charged with probably everything relate this to your world of what do we do for Christmas last year? Well, maybe we did a certain event and is that, you know, probably Christmas and open enrollment aren't the exact same thing. I think open enrollment is way more fun than Christmas, but that's me being, I'm just kidding. Nothing. No, <laughs> no. I just, I think at the end of the day, I think we have this opportunity to really evolve and build. Uh, I mean, looking at some of the stats, I think you have said one third of the respondents of a study that came from benefits pro was saying that, uh, one third of those had somewhat or no understanding of what uh, insurance was offered. Uh, and I think that's a great time where we can educate, build off, and have a great opportunity to help lead into uh, the next year. And then challenge to look back and say, did it go well? Like, really be honest with yourself. Uh, we call that a kickoff or stewardship personally. Like, what didn't go well? So we can understand that. And then what really went about well and build off that and have the statistics to, to, to to go forward with. For sure. One of the things that I, I have to give a shout out to a group where we've been communicating with about their enrollment period, and they share with us rap video that they created from the HR team. <laughs> and, and again, meeting your people where they are and being creative and having fun with it, this fit their culture so well, right? They wanted to kick it off. They did a, a rap to Ice Ice Baby. Can you uh, please offer... What your memory is of that and rap for us no, today, Jared. I, that'll be, I'll get kicked off the air if I <laughs> try to start spitting some rhymes here. No, but I, where I'm going with this is have fun. Um, this again is a time to, to communicate to your people. Make it something that fits your team, your people, your culture, but have fun with it. That's my, my I guess, my parting words here. And I'll let you wrap up after this, Adam. I think that if we can get off of autopilot, go have some fun, meet your people where they are. And, and really allow you as an HR team to shine and make it something that your people will remember. Open enrollment can stop being a dread and can start being a real positive and make it really something that helps your people understand exactly what they have in these benefits. I use this phrase a lot. Let's remember why we offer benefits. It's to recruit and retain talent. It's not just to check the box. And if we can start to remember that, that these benefits are really there to help recruit and retain our people, open enrollment should change as well. Well said. I mean, recruit, retain, build, understand the investment, make it personable. And we're going to say it again, turn off that autopilot and challenge yourself for this upcoming year. 
to make the most of it. Uh, and then questions on some of these documents that we've talked about, just reach out to your Brown and Brown teammate that you know uh, they can get any and all of these directly to you and build on the conversation for uh, not just this year, but years to come. So with that, a big thanks to our audience. Thank you so much for listening to the Benefits Breakdown, and we're going to see you next time. Have an amazing day. Thank you for listening to the Benefits Breakdown. This episode, in combination with our previous episode titled We Care About Long-Term Care, is eligible for one SHRM credit. That code for SHRM credit is 23WVR9Q. That's 23-W as in whiskey, V as in Victor, R as in Romeo, 9Q as in Quebec. This code expires after December 31st of 2023. So thanks again for listening, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and we'll see you next time on the Benefits Breakdown.